This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 69. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today I'm excited to welcome Anthony Tran to the Baller Circle. Anthony is the founder of Access WP and Marketing Access Pass, which offers WordPress support and custom website design to small business owners. He's been featured in Entrepreneur.com, The Huffington Post, Podcast Movement, and many more. Now, Anthony, uh, I'm really happy to have you on the show because we're going to be talking about something that I think... A lot of people are afraid to talk about uh, and a lot of people really aren't focusing on what they should be focusing on. I think a lot of entrepreneurs get really caught up in the day to day of their business and they forget about um, they, they know they, they need a website, but a lot of times their websites don't look good and they aren't converting well and they're missing the ball on a lot of these uh, important, important things that make websites uh, secure and, and <laughs> prevent people from destroying your website. So I want to dig into this. Uh, into these these skill sets that you have. Uh, before we got into that, I wanted to kind of get uh, an idea of who Anthony Tran is. Like, where did you grow up? What was life like for you? Cool. Thanks for having me on the show, Michael. Um, so a little background about me. Uh, from Orange County, Southern California. Uh, born and raised here. And, you know, I grew up, to, you know, doing what everybody said I was supposed to do, you know, go to college and uh, after college, I was joined the Air Force, was a logistics officer for a while, did my time in service, um, you know, got deployed to Iraq. You know, this is really shortly after 9-11 and uh, decided to get out and, you know, see what I can do in the corporate world. You know, I felt like, you know, this is uh, if I can handle the military, I'm sure I can handle corporate. So climbed the corporate ladder, but then learned that, you know what, maybe there's another lifestyle out there besides doing this this they quote unquote nine to five and actually my career wasn't nine to five at all it was more like seven to eight you know or something like 12 <laughs> 13 hours a day and and you know i just got married and having a family and i was just like man you know i don't you know do, is this what life is like you know working 60 hours a week and nights weekends and holidays and never really spending time with my family so i was just like i gotta figure out another way and that's when I learned about the whole online business world back in 2008. And I just, it, I just kind of like got probably like you and many of the listeners, I just got sucked into this wormhole of like online business and building websites and email marketing and SEO and all this stuff. And I was just like fascinated by it and, um, you know, got, got, loved it, enjoyed it and then, uh, transitioned. So I'm sure we'll touch base on that, but I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I, you know, I feel like 2008 is like that magical year where like everyone discovered this stuff and was like, I want to jump into it because I feel like so many stories you hear. When did you get started? 2008. <laughs> well, 2008, um, think about it. That's when the recession hit, you know, and, and everybody right. was either losing their jobs. And then it's just kind of the reality hit. Like we were like, man, there's no such thing as job security and right. you can get laid off in any industry. So I think all of us just kind of like had this rude awakening, like it's not safe and it's secure and you're going to have to build and make your own life and create your own lifestyle and make make your own things happen. So I think that's why 2008 was kind of that magical year you mentioned. Yeah. And it's kind of amazing how like 
even so many people like that I talked to didn't even consider entrepreneurship until something like that happened. You know, they lost their job and they were like, well, you know, I got to do something. And if I want to look for another job, I might as well at least throw this thing out there and try to build a business because I got nothing, nothing to lose right now because I, I don't have a job. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it puts you in that position where, uh, w- you know, when you have less to lose, you're, you're more likely to take those sort of risks. Whereas if, you know, maybe if you have a job and you have to risk like quitting your job, it seems like there's so much more you have to give up in order to uh, try this thing out. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of interesting how it works out that way. Um, so so with that, you know, you, you get interested in this stuff and you, you start like um, figuring out like uh, online business. How did you determine like your your ultimate focus that that uh, event that led to you eventually um, launching Access WP and, and uh, Marketing Access Pass? Yeah, so I was basically doing the side hustle for many years up until 2013. So I was working during the day and then studying and trying to tinker with the online business at night. And then 2013, I think, was a big turning point for me. Um, I was listening to podcasts, uh, you know, just like yourself. And I just kept hearing about all these entrepreneurs that are doing big things. And I just thought, you know what? Um, I'm going to give this a shot and I'm going to just go, you know, fully commit to it because I was saying to my wife, like, you know, I, 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 I'm only able to dedicate a couple hours a night and I just can't imagine how much faster I could get things accomplished and moving forward if I was doing this full time. Long story short, I I basically, uh, quit my job. On a, uh, I decided to quit my job on a Saturday, put in my notice on a Monday, and had no no job, <laughs> no website, no business, um, but just an idea and a plan. And I basically committed to saying like, okay, I'm going to give myself one year to make this thing work. And the only way I could convince my wife to make to allow me to do this because she was still working full time. And keep in mind, you know, we have a family, we have a mortgage, so we still have a lot of responsibilities. And so for her to support me and allow me to take this type of risk was, I think, was monumental. That's the only reason why I could do this was because my wife's support. But basically, it was like, okay, I have to make this work, do or die type of deal. And the, the only reason why she gave me this deal was she's like, if I let you do this, you have to promise that in a year from now when you quit your job – you're going to make this business successful so that I can quit my job and then work with you. (laughs) And that was the deal. And so, um, that first year was crazy, man. I was like doing everything. I created like YouTube videos. I made a membership core, uh, membership course. I did, I was doing podcasting. I was blogging. I was, you name it. I was like trying to speak at conferences. I was like doing, I was like the Gary Vaynerchuk saying, you know, I was hustling, you know? Um, but you get to a point where you have to figure out a way to monetize it. And I, my runway of a year was running short. And I was basically down to the last month of figuring it out. And I hardly made any money, maybe a couple thousand, you know, from coaching at that time. And uh, I, I was getting a lot of requests from people that had seen my website and said, hey, you know, your website looks really cool. Can you help me with mine? And I was doing a lot of video tutorials about WordPress and SEO. And people were just like, oh, you seem to know a lot of this stuff. Can you help me? And at first, I was just say, no, I'm sorry. I don't do that. I don't do done-for-you services. 
But eventually, you know, when I was like getting close to the last month and I was like, man, I haven't made any money and I, I got to go back to work. And I was like, I don't want to go back to work. So I'm going to see if I can make this thing work and uh, start saying, you know what, I'm going to give this thing a shot and see if, you know, it's, the people offer me pretty decent money for web design. So I was like, okay, let's give it a shot. And once I opened that door, it was just a game changer. Like the, you know, the clients flooded in and we were just, you know, as soon as people hear, heard that I was taking on clients, like I just got a lot of requests and then my, and I told my wife, I was like, we were just making good money, you know, that good month. And I was like, it was equaling like about the same or more of what I was normally making in my corporate job. So I told my wife, like, I think this is going to work. I think you can quit your job. And so she took her entrepreneurial leap, you know, and there you go. The, everything's history from there. Wow, dude, that, that's pretty awesome. I mean, and I love the fact that like, I feel like it's it's this, this crazy thing that I hear this story again and again of people who are like, it's almost like a movie. Like <laughs> you're you're like at the end of the rope, and it's like, oh man, the, you know, the clock's running out, and then somehow an idea comes your way that allows you to kind of save it all. Um, and so that <laughs> I love that that's part of your story. Uh, so that's super cool. Uh, so so you 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 decided you know start using you know the skill set that you have that you weren't really i guess thinking about at the time as as the thing that was going to really make you the money um and then offering these services to people um i guess you know i'm thinking about like all the other people who are out there like creating sites and even people that you have as clients right now when you think about the kind of websites that you were designing versus what everyone else was doing especially the people who were asking you like hey can you help me what were you doing differently? What were they doing wrong? And, and what, what sort of things that they need help with? And what do you really, I guess, focus on, like, see your, your clients now need the most help with? Yeah, so I think one of the things that really differentiated us was, um, you know, I specialized in, and I understood the online marketing world. So I understood how podcasters and bloggers and, you know, people think where they're like, they're trying to build an email list or convert visitors to subscribers or to clients and they want things to look a certain way you know with opt-in boxes and pop-up forms and social media sharing and like having that influencer look with the you know above the fold banner and like everyone had this certain look that they're trying to go for and other web designers they're just kind of creating websites for small business owners and they just kind of look like i don't know like WordPress theme templates, you know, and so <laughs> um, I think that was the main differentiator and people know that, well, hey, this guy is doing it himself. So obviously he understands what we need or want. And um, yeah, I think that was what was the big game changer. And I even to this day, I don't I haven't at least found another web company that specializes in like online marketing style websites. Mm. Um, and and I think uh, people want someone that can help guide them to know what converts and what looks good and what's kind of like the trends of the industry. You know, one of the things that I kind of, the one of the things I always wanted to do was make sure I teach people first, educate them and consult them. I'm not just an order taker, you know, I'm not just a web designer. Like you tell me what you want and, you know, I'll listen and I'll make sure that I understand what you're wanting. But then I always advise like, Hey, I know this is what you like or this is a style, but have you considered this because this converts better or this is what's going on with the design trends or, you know, don't do carousels because their click-through rate is terrible. You know, I mean, I, I, I like to educate people and and that's why I think people like to work with us because um, we provide that marketing 
side of things uh, when it comes to a design standpoint. Right, right. So, um, and I know, I know myself. I've seen the my progression um, of you know when I first started out, I was like super cheap. I was like, "What? Pay for a theme? I'm not paying for a theme. I want the free theme." You know, and then and then I graduated from that to like you know paying for themes. I think the first theme I paid for was like thirty bucks or something like that. And then you know, it's like eventually as you as you grow in your business, you're more you become more willing to spend money and you kind of understand and appreciate the value of you know, what happens when you, when you spend a little bit more money on certain things. So for someone who's thinking like, Hey, I, you know, I can just, you know, buy a, a theme and, uh, you know, build, build my site on that. What, what does the customization do for them? What, 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 what is, um, I guess, what do you do for your clients that they can't get from a theme? Well, you know, I mean, anyone can essentially like, let's say you, you want to learn how to cook, right? You can watch a YouTube mm -hmm. video, you can buy all the recipes but if you're not, if you haven't done cook, if you haven't cooked a long time or you never done it before, most of the time, nine out of 10, your food doesn't taste that good. You're like, I don't want to get it. You know, like I know how to, like I've watched it. I follow this, the tutorials, but there's just something missing. But, you know, it's just kind of like that's how it is in the design world. Like um, from, a, from an artist, from a designer, you know, there's just things that we look at things from a conceptually from a different way, spatially, and we lay out things differently. So, you know, we definitely put things from a different design perspective um, versus just a template, you know, like um, we, we don't, our websites are not built on templates. They're all custom design. We build them on, we design them on Adobe Illustrator first. Um, so everything is unique. You won't find another website out there like it. And then we build that uh, design into WordPress. Um, but yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. You know, I, I was the same way when I first started, you know, you, you kind of like, bootstrap things and you, you know, try to spend as little as possible. And I think through time you gain more confidence in your abilities and in your business and you believe in it more that you say, you know what, it is time to invest into it and, and make more. But I would say the, it's a huge impact when you, you know, invest in the right things and, you know, your website is your online presence. It's the one number one thing that people see when they learn about you, when they research about you, and they want to, they're essentially in seven seconds making a decision: is this guy legit? He, is this this guy or girl legit, or are they just starting out? And you know, that's kind of the the thing that can help get you to the next level. You know, when you have a professional design, have professional photos, and you have all the right pieces. You know, like. Um, I don't know if this is the right time to segment into it, but I can kind of share with your listeners certain things that they should definitely have on their website. Definitely. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So let's talk about the homepage. The homepage essentially, um, from a marketing standpoint, online marketers, you know, your homepage is essentially like your landing page or you can kind of treat it like a squeeze page. I always like to say on the above the fold, you want to keep things simple and clean and don't overwhelm the listener or the view or the website visitor. So you have to make it very clear for them. What is it that your website, what is it about? You know, what is it about? What is it that you do and how can you help them? And then lastly, what do you want them to do next? So that's, you know, typically let's say an online marketing website, you have a nice picture of yourself with, uh, I call it the hero shot, you know, a nice picture of yourself, professional photo, maybe like a nice headline, like, you know, do you want to learn how to, um, learn how to make money with affiliate marketing, you know, um, 
subscribe, take, you know, check, subscribe to my newsletter and get my seven PDF checklists on the things you need to do about affiliate marketing or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I can do better with uh, that's just top of my head. And then like put your name and email to, to get the free PDF. Right. So it's like, they know who you are. You know, they immediately know you, they make a, a, a personal connection because they see a photo of you, your face, maybe you have a picture of your family, your dog or your son or something like that. And then they kind of like, boom, it's like, this is about affiliate marketing. Awesome. Um, oh, okay. You get the next thing you want me to do is to put my name and email to get this free PDF, you know? And so immediately someone, it, it determines, is this the right website for them? If they're like, oh, I'm trying to learn about, you know, dog walking. Okay. This clearly isn't for me and it's okay. <laughs> you know, not every visitor or person that visits your website is the right person for you. You have to know who your target market is, who your ideal customer is. And you want to make sure you attract those people because the people that are going to follow you and join your email list and share your stuff, you want them to be part of that specific niche. And so that that's um, essentially a kind of a good way of looking about the homepage. But there's other things that can provide trust and um, social proof. So if you have, you know, places you've been featured, you know, you'll see those websites where they say, oh, I've been featured in Entrepreneur, Huffington Post, uh, you know, Smart Passive Income or something like that. Then it kind of provides validation that you're a, a person of credibility, someone that they should listen to or, or pay attention to. If you, but sometimes maybe you don't have those things. You could always provide credibility with numbers. And, you know, let's say you have X amount of, you know, email subscribers or X amount of visitors to your website a month or X amount of people on your YouTube ch uh, channel subscribers or X amount of downloads on your podcast, anything that can provide numbers, data, social proof, anything like that. So those, those are also very important. Okay. So, so, uh, when we were talking, when you're talking about that, you're talking about the homepage and then, um, with, with all of that, that's, that thing is interesting is what is the best way to go about capturing someone's information? Cause you know, it's like, you see like the people who have like the, you know, the, the, the page that like covers the whole screen. Right. And then you have people that have like the little light box that pops up here. And then some people have the, you know, pop up that only shows up when you're about to leave the page. What, what converts the best? And, and is it different for different types of businesses? Well, I would say, you know, I think a lot of people, they focus too much on the mechanics of things. You know, you say like, oh, should I have a full page opt-in form? Should I have a pop-up? Should I have a slide-in pop-up? Should I only have, you know, a sidebar opt-in form? You know, at the end of the day, uh, what people subscribe to is not essentially what pop-up or opt-in form you have. It's what the content that you're providing that giveaway what is it that you're offering them for free that's so enticing that they have to put in their name and email that very moment and download and get access to it? You know what I mean? Like, I think people miss the boat on that. They think too much about, I want to have a pop-up. What they should spend more time is thinking like, what is this, you know, absolute giveaway that someone is irresistible offer that people want? What is that free resource that people really, really want that they have to put in their name and email? And it doesn't matter, essentially, if you have an irresistible offer, it doesn't matter where that opt-in form is or what it looks like, they're going to want to opt-in. But, it's, you mm -hmm. know, people kind of get it backwards. They think about, like, oh, I need to have this certain looking opt-in form versus deciding what is it they're giving away. Okay. So it doesn't really matter, like, which one you have or or when it's presented to 
um, I guess the potential uh, person opting in as much as it just matters how, how awesome your uh, or your offer is. Yeah, is I mean, I mean your 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 offer has to be number one, and number two, mm -hmm. I would say make it easy for people to see it. So that's okay. why opt-in forms above the fold, right when they land on the website, converts really well. That's why people have those welcome mats where they take up the full screen because right when they visit the website, they're introduced to an offer. You know, some people think that's obtrusive, but at the same time, it's like if you have someone visiting your website, they may, they it, unless your stuff is really awesome, they may only poke around for, you know, 20, 30 seconds at most. And if mm -hmm. you don't give them an opportunity to put your offer in front of them, they may never know it even existed. So, right. you know, it, marketing is, is a fine line between, you know, being aggressive and, 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 you know, education. So I always say just, you know, make it easy for people. And, you know, if they see it and they're not ready, they're not going to put it in, but at least make it available for them. So they know it, that it exists. Yeah, like I know a lot of times, and this is just, you know, anecdotal and maybe not even something relevant, but I think a lot of times I think about like what annoys me when I go to someone's website and what um, sort of things I like. And I notice that when I, when I go to a website and there's a pop-up that has that like 10 second delay, that annoys me the most because I've kind of found the content that I want. I'm trying to consume it. And then now you're, <laughs> you know, you're, you're kind of blocking me like mid-interest. Whereas if something's like a welcome mat's there, it's like I haven't gotten to the thing that I'm really interested in yet, so I haven't been interrupted, mm. you know. So I'm kind of like, okay, well, I mean, whatever you're offering, maybe I'm interested, maybe I'm not. And then if it comes to the end, then it's like, okay, well, you know, I've kind of looked at what I wanted to look at. Now I'm kind of ready to leave, and oh, you're offering me this thing. So for me personally, it's uh, it's that that kind of delayed pop up that comes up that annoys, personally annoys me the most. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. Uh. So yeah. Let's let's talk about um kind of website maintenance and stuff. I know we had, so we had a conversation uh, a few months back and you kind of looked at my website and said that, you know, one, it was ridiculously slow, uh, which I already knew, but I, you know, I need, it was nice to have some confirmation. <laughs> and uh, then I had some, you know, photos on there that were much larger than they needed to be. So what, what sort of like thing can people do to make sure like what sort of like site maintenance should they be doing? Which sort of tools should they be using um, are there any like things that you do with your, with your clients that, that people need to be focusing on, like to just make their sites as, uh, working as, as best as possible and as secure as possible? Yes. So website speed is huge. And one of the things that people, uh, I see in clients that have trouble with website speed is a lot of times is because they have just too many plugins. They'll upload like 50 plugins and they have some that are inactive or out of date um, and all of those things. And I'll kind of explain why these, all these problems are issues. Number one, if you have too many plugins, it causes compatibility issues because some plugins might not work well with others. Uh, I like to try to keep our clients' uh, total plugin count to less than 20 and making sure that your plugins are always up to date the reason why I say that is um, WordPress is constantly making updates to the core, WordPress core, so the, uh, the actual software to your WordPress content management system. That needs to be updated. But as they update those, plugin providers, because each plugin is created by another you know, third-party person developer, they're trying to keep up with the WordPress updates. So they're making updates to their plugins to make sure that it complies to the current software. 
So making sure that your software, uh, WordPress is updated, your plugins are updated um, for security reasons. Uh, you know, they're constantly making updates so that way any new security breaches that are out there, they're making their adjustments so that way other websites don't get, you know, hacked. Um, making sure that your plugins are up to date because, like I said, compatibility. And then third, you know, like we talked about is speed. So if you have too many plugins, that's bad. If you don't update it, it's bad. And if you don't update your WordPress, that's bad. So between those three, that, you know, that's, that's a huge difference maker. Okay. Um, as far as like you mentioned images, I'll just kind of throw out some tools and I want to make sure your, your audience kind of gets some actual takeaways, you know, use, uh, if you have images, make sure you resize them to these, you know, close to the exact dimensions that you need. So let's say you have a little thumbnail image that you're trying to put on your website and it's like 300 by 500 pixels. Um, if you upload an image that's a thousand by 2000 and you have a whole bunch of those, on your website, it's going to really slow down your website. So resize it to that dimension, right? You can use a uh, tool like Pixlr. Um, Pixlr, it's P-I-X-L-R. Uh, you can check it out, and that's free. You, so you can resize your image, and then once you resize it, you can compress it. So you can use free tools like tinypng.com, and you can compress PNG or JPEG files into that. And what it does is it compresses your file image. So let's say your image was like two megabytes. Um, it'll compress it to maybe 300 or 500,000 kilobytes. Hmm. Um, and without re losing the quality visual image, you know, so that, you know, if you have a ton of images, multiply that by large files and large megabytes, it could really slow down your website. And then I'm gonna just throw out one more tool. Um, because I know you guys love resources. Um, it's called Imagify, I-M-A-G-I-F-Y dot I-O. So you're saying like, dude, Anthony, I already have a whole bunch of websites on my, uh, or sorry, images on my website. What do I do? Do I have to go back and upload everything and resize everything? Well, I was just going to ask that. Yeah. So Imagify dot I-O is a plugin. I think it's like for five or 10 bucks. You could like, it will plug into your website. You click like, compress all of your images and I'll just compress all the images already on your WordPress website. Uh, that'll save you a ton of time and headache. And, um, it's only, like I said, five or 10 bucks. So it's so affordable, but it's so worth it. And, um, yeah, that, that's some tips for you for, for website speed. Nice. Nice. That's awesome, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. So, uh, one other question I have is, uh, SSL certificates. Uh, so I know that like, you know, recently Google did this thing where they're like, you know, giving priority to certain sites that have SSL certificates and dinging ones that don't. Who needs an SSL certificate and who doesn't? And what are the difference in the, the, the types of certificates that are available? So SSL, just for some folks that are not familiar with SSL certificates. So sometimes you'll see to you go on a website and it'll be like HTTP, you know, dot or HTTPS dot. So HTTPS is the supposedly the, it, it is the sec more secured version. And that means that the website has an SSL certificate. It's supposed to be more secure. And before this whole Google thing, the only sites that required HTTPS was websites that were doing um, like financial transactions. Like if you're an e-commerce website, if you're taking payments on your website, 
you had to have SSL certificate to ensure that the person going onto your website, entering their credit card information or something like that, is going to be secure, that it's going through an, an encrypted, secure, you know, data stream. Um, so most bloggers and content marketers before then didn't care about SSL certificates. They were just blogging, you know, people opt in, they're doing affiliate links, they weren't selling a product or service, so they didn't necessarily need an HTTPS unless they had a shopping cart, right? And so there was like shopping cart providers like SamCard and some other external like Infusionsoft that already had their HTTPS, so you didn't have to worry about it. But now Google's saying, hey, we want to make the webs the, the internet a more safer place because there's you, you hear it all the time on on online about websites getting hacked, a whole bunch of these data breaches, you know, companies losing millions of dollars, yada, yada, yada. So now they're trying to enforce like they're they're trying to help uh, convert the world to everybody should be on HTTPS, should be SSL certificates. So now they're trying to reward people who have HTTPS websites so that they will get ranked higher in Google. Now, it's not completely enforced, it's just like suggested, and they're saying it's supposed to help, but it's not a mandated thing yet. But if you can convert to an SSL certificate, and you can, you know, willing to invest a little bit of money, some, some websites are like an extra 10 bucks a month for hosting for SSL, then go for it, then do it. Um, I know websites out there, I wanna say WP Engine, and Flywheel offer HTTPS free as part of their web hosting package. So it's something definitely to work to look into. Okay, and I've seen, I've noticed that like there's different types of SSL certificates, and I, some you know some are more expensive than others. Can, um, do, do you know like which one? I, <laughs> you know, is there is there like the basic one that's needed for like the blogger, and then maybe like the more advanced one that's needed if you do actually take financial transaction? Like, is, is there a difference in the type of certificates that are available? Um, that I'm not familiar with as far as like the different levels. Okay. Um, but you know, as a blogger, as long as you have the the you know the standard SSL certificate, you should be fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Well, Anthony, I really appreciate you coming on the show. You really provided some some great information. I'm sure a lot of people out there are like, you know, who are just <laughs> not very uh, tech savvy uh, or taking, uh, you know, copious notes and, uh, you know, probably want to reach out to you and, and say, hey, can you help me with some stuff going on with my website? Uh, so where can the baller circle get in touch with you and learn more about your business? Sure. Um, so we have two websites. Uh, if you need help with website designs, um, then you can check out marketingaccesspass.com. And if you need uh, help with website maintenance, support, uh, we have a cool program called Access WP. We offer unlimited WordPress support for small tasks by US-based developers, um, starting at only $99 a month. And I actually have a promo code, promotion code for all you uh, listeners. Uh, if they go and they... Um, enter the promo code 20%, P-E-R-C-E-N-T. They'll get 20% uh, off their first month. So you can check us out and um, try our service. So hopefully that uh, that provides you guys some tools and resources to help you guys run your business. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Anthony. I really appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, man, have a great day. Cool. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for being awesome and joining us on another episode of the Internet Ballers podcast. Be sure to listen next week. I'll be talking with... 
Chris Reed from Ardor SEO, and Chris will be talking about some great SEO tactics uh, in this day and age to get backlinks to your website, get your website ranking the way that it should so you can get the customers that you want. Uh, again, uh, I'm Michael Pasha, and you can check out the uh, blog post for this episode as well as listen to other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast at www.internetballers.com. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.